Hello there and welcome to our weekly Ask the CEO Q&A session here at the Virtual Frontier. Today's topic of our Q&A session is leaving management behind. Let's be honest, management sucks. No one likes to be managed or to have their personal work managed by a manager. So why the heck do we have a whole industry set up with the sole purpose to manage people? Do we need managers at all? Let's find out what are current trends and alternative approaches. See you in a flash on the other side. Ja, hallo Manu. Welcome to a new session here at the Virtual Frontier. New Q&A session with you. Happy uh, to speak to you uh, today. Our topic uh, is um, le leaving management behind. Um, while we're talking about that, uh, as we want to work with more self-dedicated and self-managed people and teams, um, there is a huge gap between what, what is coming from the management side and what are, um, is done on the other side by the people and the teams uh, that we're working with. So um, the patriarchal and the uh, management style is like, I would say, on, on the leave, uh, on the leave out. And uh, we tend now to be more paternalistic um, management or see more paternalistic management styles. And I'm wondering, is, is this is still not really the holy grail uh, in management or in leading teams? What can I really do to be in a place where I work with more self-managed teams and people around me? Yeah, I think the question is, um, why do we need that? And if we really need that, I mean, if we really need agile teams and self-managing teams and all these things, and I think we do because obviously there are some issues that arise from classical management approach and people believe they can be solved with like self-managing teams and an agile a management style that moves away from the classical management paradigm where like people manage other people. And I think this is not, mm, it is possible, but it's getting harder and harder the more complex work gets. When you have a manager, you assume that the manager knows everything, what needs to be done, and then just tells people what they should do because they are not smart enough to think for themselves and decide for themselves. Right. But the more complex the topic gets and the more uh, that the faster change happens in the environment the team works in and should perform in, the harder it is for one person to oversee everything and then make proper decisions. And um, yeah, I think self-managing teams can really increase the efficiency, reduce stress, because if you are the only person that needs to decide for like 10 people or more, while you don't do the work and you just rely on people executing what you tell them, I think this is also in a conflict of what most people that build the modern workforce really want. They want to be self-determined and independent. They want to have a meaningful job and it's not meaningful if you just follow the advice of a manager. So I think there are many, many indicators and many circumstances that yeah, push 
the old management style away and try to replace it by self-managing teams and agile teams that work independently from the bottleneck, which is typically the manager, but are asking for a leader that helps them set direction, make progress transparent, and gives them the why they should do it, why it's important that they do the work they do. I think this is more like the the culture and the methodology to build self-managing teams. Mm -hmm. What I see now is, is happening in a lot of places is um, that the management um, uh, thinks that there should be agile teams and self-management uh, self teams and everything around that, but the manager still holds the same position or the same role that he does before. So he says more or less to the teams, you are be agile and you are be self-determined, but the structure and the hierarchy hasn't, hasn't changed. So this, this is not really working. How can we dissolve that probably? Yeah, by understanding why you want to be agile or why your teams should work agile. And agile is not the holy grail, right? If you have non-complex work that just needs to be somehow executed, there is no need to have an agile approach. And I think that, I think these days, most managers are pretty educated on what agile is. But five years ago, I would say it was a big buzzword. And I don't know all organizations, I cannot speak for all organizations, but from what I hear in in like conferences, some people, they, they need to do agile because the boss of the manager has set the direction for the organization to become agile, but the managers have no idea what that really means. I mean, you might know the word, you might understand the principles, but why mm. that is important and how to really implement it so that it works, I think that is a big gap. And if you, yeah, if you basically, if you don't know it, then you don't know why you do it. And most importantly, it's a change, not only for the team, it's also a change for the manager. And it's a big change because you need to change your personal habits. You need to change everything, how you communicate, how you set goals, directions, how you engage with your team, how you lead them instead of managing them. And that is, that is a tough thing. That's why I think, yeah, people are resistant to change and managers are also resistant to change. I think they are the most resistant ones because they typically have a very strong belief that they can control outcomes. Mm. And that's the nature of managing, right? Controlling things. But um, with an agile approach, you should not do that anymore. And I think they fear a lack of control. They fear a lack of influence. Maybe they fear losing their identity. They are not the manager anymore, which was a good thing. Now they are a leader. What does that mean? How do other things ab uh, think about me? I think these are all things that might come into a way of a team becoming really agile and managers transitioning to an agile approach. Mm -hmm. You dropped already the keyword, uh, the why, uh, uh, several times right now, and I would like to pick up on that. Um, how can I help my, um, the people I work with um, and, and my teams um, to discover their personal why maybe and also the why they are in the company and so helping them on with that uh, uh, key element to become more um, self-determined and self-managed in, in, in their work? Yeah, I think the, the main thing with understanding the why is to align the why of the business, of the shareholders, of the clients and people working in the business. If you get true alignment of everyone's purpose, which is considered to be the why, then you get a team pulling the same rope and then you get a thriving organization. But if the purpose 
or in other words, the why of the business is just make money for the stakeholders. I mean, that's meaningless for the team. So why should they work in a business that wants to make money for stakeholders or, or shareholders? That is, not, that is not aligned with what the team wants. And it's also not aligned with what clients want. What clients want is their problem solved, right? This is why they purchase products or services, either problem solved or they want to move towards pleasure by yeah, gaining pleasure. This is more like in the, in the B2B and uh, the B2C market when it comes to the travel industry. But in the B2C, uh, B2B market, typically, I would say it's people have a problem and they want this problem to be solved in the most effective way. And this is why they hire either freelancer service providers or manufacturing companies, whatever. And the more the business aligns with the purpose, the why, to solve problems for clients most effectively, and the first step is to understand their problems and their needs and why they want this problem to be solved, the better it is for the business and the easier it is for the business to define teams that take a specific ownership of this purpose and solve parts of the problem or um, yeah, the marketing team, for example, educates clients how their problem can be solved. The sales team shows clients how it can be solved based on their individual situation. And then the production team creates a solution that actually solves the problem for clients. Right? And this is how you create true alignment of, of all teams. And then you set the purpose for every team because just based on what I articulated, you can understand the why of every team. And when a new team member joins the team, then it's easy to articulate the why for the team. And now what is the interest of team members working in a team? Of course, they want to make money. They want to do something meaningful. They want to be free, independent, self-determined. So you can provide this work environment when you allow people to be self-managed. Now, they cannot be self-managed if they lack data. They need to have transparency about their progress and the effectiveness of their work and the efficiency of the work delivered. And this is not possible if just the manager has all this information because he or she believes it needs to be protected from the team, right? But if you share that, if you make it transparent, then you have smart people using data to make smart decisions in order to make your client more successful. And I think this is pretty meaningful. And as they don't rely on the manager telling them what to do, they can work when they want, when they want, where they want. So they are free in their job. Right. And I think this creates true alignment. And this yeah, is how you it needs to start from the from the strategy. Right. If you as I said, if the purpose of the business is just make money for shareholders and you try to to invent a great purpose for your team, honestly, it's just a lie. And this won't work. Could you elaborate a little bit what has changed for for you or also for the for the company? Science, you stopped to be the daddy and the mommy, maybe on both, both sides, um, for, for, for your team and, and for the people that you work with. And, and maybe as a second uh, consequent question, what could go possibly wrong on, on the way to that? Oh, there can go, there can be a lot of things that co can go wrong, but let's first talk about the positive effects. Yes. Because, um, so what I see is that people take a lot more ownership over their work results. They don't just do tasks that I give them because I believe these tasks need to be executed so that the client is happy or I make money or whatever. But um, today they, they see the result of their work. They see the customer satisfaction. They see the profitability of contracts. They see the performance of what they do if they run campaigns or de develop software. 
they ha- they see the direct impact of their work and that makes them own the result and that allows them also decide about what they need to change improve learn in order to make an even better or more significant impact on our clients and this allowed me to step back from yeah being the daddy or the mummy <laughs> for the day-to-day operations and holding everyone's hand and telling everyone what they should do. And they just do it because I tell them and yeah, then work is meaningless for them, right? And it's always, they just do it because I tell them. And that causes me to work crazy hours because the more people you have, the more time you need to spend on telling them what to do and answering their questions and explaining them why it's urgent that they should do it. And somehow with arguments, try to make it meaningful to them. And most managers, they use like pressure and stress. I mean, I cannot speak for all managers, but a lot of those I know, they, mm. they use pressure and stress and somehow try to make it this goal that I follow as a manager significant to the employee so that they just do it because I need it and I want it. Mm. But um, stepping out from that, freed up a lot of time for me and it um, showed people that they can accomplish a lot more than just like executing tasks that someone gives them they they experience they experience the empowerment of creating solutions that other people that have an impact on other people right and i think this is a lot more meaningful of course that means sometimes a lot more work for them because they need to grow into that role and need to develop the skills to take ownership of these results. If you are not yet used to it, then it's not easy. And this brings me to the thing, what can go wrong? And I think what, you, what can go wrong if you try to make the switch from one day to another, which I did, by the way, then people mm. feel overwhelmed. And yeah, because you just take them from one environment they know well and they are used to, and throw them into the cold water where they have no idea how to behave there and how to survive there. So it needs to be a step-by-step transition and it starts with giving the team a why this transformation is important for them. And the why is because they can be more free, have more time, be more self-determined, independent and do work that has an impact on other people, right? And this step-by-step approach, I think that needs to be played well, managed well, led well, yeah, otherwise, a lot of things can go wrong. I mean, countless things. <laughs> when, when, when we have taken this step or journey to um, work with work in a more self-determined and self-managed um, way, and um, I, as a manager, has have also adapted that I've adapted this uh, as different styles. What can I do to avoid to fall back into these old habits that? probably have surrounded me for many, many years and all the management schools are, are still uh, teaching that. But, but how, can I, how can I avoid to fall back in those old habits when, when, when I started to uh, adopt this uh, new way of, of leading people and managing people? Yeah, find a person that keeps you accountable on your commitment. I think this is, this is the only effective way to not get distracted or fall back. And this can be your team, by the way, right? I, I, when I coach other business owners implementing these agile and self-managing team structures, what I see often is that exactly what you said, they fall back. And then I talk to their team and they tell me that now they were on a good path and they made good progress to become a self-managing team. And now 
the old manager comes again into the team and yeah, falling back to the old habits of managing, they interrupt all the meetings. The managers, they lead all the meetings instead of giving this to process owner or scrum master in the team. And basically, they, see, they still see the team as a group of people that need to do what the manager wants. And then people get really frustrated because they saw, oh, it's working, and then they fall back. So an effective thing could be that, you, that the manager and the team, they all agree on how they want to work in the future, and they commit on that. And then the team keeps also the manager accountable on specific behavior. Like when we have a daily, it's our team's daily. And if you want to join, you can do this, but you just listen. You're not, not allowed to speak a word because it's, mm. our, it's our meeting. The meeting has the purpose that we get our questions answered and we get transparency about work progress. And you can listen if you want this transparency, but you are not allowed to interfere. And the same goes for other meetings that need to have a clear purpose and then clear agendas and clear rules. Being agile and self-managing is all about like having rules and following rules, but you need to be able to adjust them if the rules don't make sense anymore. But once agreed, everyone needs to stick to them. Team members, former managers, which will become leaders, but everyone needs to stick to these rules or everyone agrees that the rules will be changed and then you stick to the new rules, but you are not allowed to commit to one thing and do something else. Number one rule is do what you say. No. What, what, what can be done about this, uh, what you just mentioned, uh, when, when, when there is a tendency to fall back into these old habits um, and, or let's better say, I, what can a manager do to like really get to this point where there's an eye-on-eye -eye, uh, level communication where I really take serious the other parts uh, of, of, of my counterpart I'm speaking to with my uh, team members or the employees if I'm a company owner. Um, so I don't see them as like resources, but like the really people that I, I work with to accomplish some goal um, and, and have this like leveled, uh, leveled communication and behavior on both, both sides, right? Because I feel this is, this is, this is often ha uh, missing. Um, it, it just, as mentioned before, with the agile approach, say, okay, do agile, but uh, I, I, I keep doing my, my old shit from, from what I have learned. And there's, there's a discrepancy between that. And I feel that that could lead to this, this uh, misalignment. Yeah, I mean, it's like, wash me, but don't make, uh, get me wet, right? <laughs> exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I think it's, it's really... It's hard. It's really hard to make this change because what you need to do is you need to set a goal. And honestly, most managers are really not good in setting goals and articulating them precisely so that a team knows exactly, okay, what are we working towards? What's the goal? Like it can be a revenue goal. It can be a, I don't know, customer satisfaction goal, profitability goal, whatever. And Even if you set a goal, then it, it might be hard for the team because they have no idea what they can do to influence the result that leads to the goal, right? If you have a marketing team and they were just executing graphic design, etc., because a marketing manager told them, and all of a sudden you give them a goal like um, how much, how many leads they should generate and what return of ad spend they should aim for, they have no idea because they don't know the cause and relation um, of what they do and how it impacts the top line result, right? Amount of leads or revenue, et cetera. And this requires education. And the manager that becomes a leader needs to be patient 
Now, unfortunately, patience is not the highest skill of most managers and most business owners. But you need to be patient to give your team time to get trained and educated to understand the impact of, the, of their work on the results. And once they understood the impact, they can analyze the result, see the gap between where they are now and where they should be, right? And then, like, define action items they want to execute in order to close this gap. For example, you see that you generated leads, your marketing team generated leads, but the cost per lead is too high. So we cannot reduce that by just reducing it. We need to like either write better copy, create better designs, create better lead magnets, um, target another audience. There are many things. It's complex. And you need to allow your team to experiment. Right? When you want results that you cannot directly influence like revenue you cannot directly influence revenue you can do things that have revenue as a result and the same for profitability and the same for um, campaign performance you need to be allowed to experiment because nobody knows what needs to be done exactly to get this result so mm. experimentation requires patience and you need to be okay if like things fail because an the nature of an experiment is that things can fail and if you most don't often allow, they do. yes, and most often they do, but <laughs> the consequence is always a learning if you allow your team to fail and reflect, so they get better over time. Yeah. But yeah, this is not rooted in the culture of many businesses, and that's why it's hard for many managers. Last question for today, um, Manuel, from, from my side, how, um, how have, for maybe for yourself or, or inside your company, um, have virtual teams helped you in this uh, journey uh, to work with more um, self-managed and self-determined uh, people around you and um, what could other business owners might take from that? Yeah, just by getting access to people, especially freelancers that are already used to work like this and they tell you what they want to like to become the best version of themselves and deliver the best results possible and also to get access to like skilled other managers that that went through that and know all the methodologies and know how to transition a business and how to apply these things. So basically access to global talent helped me to, to get access to these skills and educate myself and learn and then implement it. Yeah. And what can others do? I mean, the same, right? The door is open to access global talent. You just need to start and what you need to, to be successful with that. You need to be able to express yourself pretty clearly when it comes to the results you want. And you need to be able to express your expectations pretty clearly. You need to, you need to, <laughs> you need to know which type of skill set you want, right? You can hire a lot of people, but when you don't really know which skills you need and which experience the person should bring, then it's really hard to find these people. That's like with following every goal. If you have a moving target and you don't know what you want, there is no way to get it. So this is the same with finding great talent. If this is your objective, you need to know which attributes does a person need to bring so that it's great talent. And there is a study that's from the Harvard University called Building the On-Demand Workforce. It's mm -hmm. very interesting to read. It states that most managers know they have a huge amount of work and they know that they need to find a person that takes off the work from their shoulders But rarely they really know what I said, which skills do, does this person need, which experience, how does the person um, know what I expect from him or her. So that's typically what happens.
yeah, very exciting study. I can just recommend reading it. Yeah, I would say we linked that in the show notes below so people can follow up on that. Well, thank you very much for another Q&A session with you. It was very insightful. Um, I would say we see each other next week on our next session. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Have a great rest of the week. Bye-bye. You too. Bye-bye. We hope you found this session helpful. Head back to our in-depth blog article about Victoria's CEO styles for the future. What did we miss in this conversation? How can we do better? Let us know in the comments and reviews. We are happy to engage. And before you leave, hit the subscribe button, give us a thumb up and share this session around with your friends and colleagues. Sign up for a free business leader training on fleshup.io and learn more about how to scale with your business at any time, work with global top talents and make work better. On behalf of the team here at the Virtual Frontier, I want to thank you for listening. So until the next episode, keep exploring new frontiers.